Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another beautiful year of football. For those of y'all that don't know, this is the Week in Review. I'm your host, Big Billy FF. And what we like to do on this show is we like to break down every single game from the Sunday slate. We're going to go through, talk about each game. I'm going to give y'all three talking points to share at the water cooler tomorrow. And then a player of the game. Now, I do want to highlight right now, because I got some people upset last year, the player of the game does not matter, and it's just there for jokes. I should also clarify, I'm recording this at the start of the Monday Night Football game. So if any news comes out, that I, I'm not liable for anything that's coming out. Also, I'm slightly sick, so I apologize if my voice sounds a little bit off. That being said, let us dive straight in with game one of week one. I'm talking about my favorite game of the week, Eagles taking out the Lions 38-35. Talking point number one, A.J. Brown plus Jalen Hurts will be fantasy gold this year. They clearly have a mind meld that's unlike anything else right now. Number two, it is time to worry about Devonta Smith. They brought in an alpha and he did not get a reception this game. We should be worried about him in this case. Finally, number three, DeAndre Swift is going to be a huge value between the 20s, but the goal line work is all for Jamal Williams as of right now. And with that, I want to offer the first player of this game, player of the game for this season, which is Miles Sanders for performing as soon as I swear off him forever. Next up, the Bears win a wet one versus the 49ers, 19-10. First off, disregard everything we saw in this game in terms of the passing games. It is way too soon to make assumptions about Lance and Fields based on the results we see from this game, and especially too soon when we start looking at wide receivers like Darnell Mooney, Ayuk, yada yada. Finally, Debo will continue to be the RB1 for San Francisco, with that only becoming more established with the injury to Elijah Mitchell. For the player of this game, I want to give it up to Dante Pettis because I make the rules. Next up, game number three, the Steelers pull out a crazy win over the Bengals, 23-20. First talking point, Trubisky is not going to be a fantasy winning QB. If he didn't do it in this game, the shootout, With all his weapons on the field, I don't know when he's going to do it. Next up, the Bengals' offense is astounding, and Joe Mixon may be a preferred target in this offense with the potential of T. Higgins missing time. Finally, Pat Fryermuth may have been a quiet tight end sleeper and could make a push as a top six tight end this year. I think there's a real opportunity for that, and a lot of times we faded him this year because he just simply didn't see the... He he was very touchdown dependent this last year. Player of the game, I want to give it to Chase Claypool for leading the Steelers in yards per carry with more than six carries. So next up, we're moving on to the Saints, edging out the Falcons, 27 to 26. First takeaway, Jameis is going to spread the ball around, but there's a lot of excitement on the Saints offense if that is the case. I think Olave, Winston, Jarvis Landry all have the potential for being top-end talents this year. Next up, Cordero Patterson is right back where he left off. He is exciting, and I think he's going to have every chance to once again continue to push to be the 
who the art and RB one this season. Finally, Drake London had arguably one of the best starts of the rookie wide receivers. You could say what you want. You could call him slow, whatever. He looked good out there. Player of the game, I want to give it to Marcus Mariota for potentially being the fantasy sleeper we all wanted him to be. Next up, the Dolphins thump the Patriots. I'm trying something new this year where I come up with new phrases each game. Tyreek Hill is the most important player in football. It is apparent. There's a list of probably five players that are arguably as important as him, and I think Tyreek Hill is going to push to show that he's one of the most important ones because this team looked brand new in this game. Next up, Tua will have every opportunity to be successful with the team that's been built around him. Hill, Waddle, a stronger O-line, a arguably much better running back core. I think there's a lot of talent on this Dolphins offense, and it's going to have every opportunity to make Tua a top-end quarterback in this league if he has that talent. Finally, don't own any part of the Patriots in fantasy. I don't really have anything else to add on this. Jacoby Myers is maybe a top-end wide receiver three. Player of this game, I'm going to give it to Jalen Waddle and that touchdown celebration. That's clean. Next, we got the Ravens beating down the Jets. First takeaway, Lamar is in peak Lamar form in terms of efficiency. Three touchdowns, lower yardage, lower pass attempts. You look good out there. Next, likely should not be ignored. He didn't. He may have put up a goose in this game, but he was tied for third most targets on the Baltimore Ravens. Finally, the Jets' backfield is ambiguous, but both RBs can be successful this year. For the player of the game, I'm going to give it to Rashad Bateman for bailing me out in my work league with that long bomb. Next up, we have the Commanders edging out the Jaguars, 28-22. First takeaway, Carson Wentz in this offense kind of makes sense, and it looks like it, and it looked like it this week. He spread the ball around a lot, and it looks like now that he has some legitimate talent at the wide receiver position, he might be a fantasy sleeper this year. Secondly, Christian Kirk is going to be force-fed targets in this offense, and he could make a push to be a high wide receiver too this year. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but I think wide receiver 16 is well within his range of outcomes. Finally, the Commanders may not have a fantasy superstar, but they have a lot of fantasy viability sitting on their team. I don't think Gibson or Dotson or Samuel are going to be top-end players at their position by the end of the year, but they look like each one of them can produce any given week. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to James Robinson for making Cam Akers' return look like nothing. Next up, we have... The Baker Bowl. Browns beat the Panthers 26-24. First takeaway, I want to give it to the Browns offense, which just now has to run through the RB position. Jacoby Brissett is a fine quarterback, but he is not going to win them games. They need to rely on the exceptional talent they have behind the center. Next up, Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a fantasy player to keep an eye on. Not only did he produce, he produced with good targets, too. It seems like he may be a go-to and potentially the wide receiver, too, in that offense moving forward. Next up, CMC was saved by his touchdowns. Do not have any disillusions on how he was used. He was saved by the fact that he pulled a touchdown down early in that game, or late in that game. <clears throat> 
player of the game, I'm going to give it to Baker Mayfield just for trying. You say what you want. He truly did do his best to stick it to the Browns, but it just didn't seem like it was in the cards. Next up, ninth game of the week, Colts and Texans tie 2020, the, the rare, rare tie. Matt Ryan has a path to fantasy relevancy if he can start throwing more touchdowns. He really, I mean, he put up 350 yards this week with only Michael Pittman. He's going to have every opportunity to make some serious fantasy relevance out of that team. Next up, Michael Pittman is that dude. I I really don't know what else to say. We we all saw it coming and he really showed out. It's it's exciting. I think we're going to watch a kind of a kind of breakout year for Michael Pittman this year. Finally, Brandon Cooks is going to be a high value player in fantasy this year. He really is the only wide receiver on that offense and he's going to have every opportunity to succeed especially with a high target share coming from Davis Mills. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Damian Pierce for having that game after making Twitter insufferable for two weeks. Next up, game number 10, the Giants somehow beat the previously ranked number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, 21-20. Takeaway number one, if the Giants had decent QB, they'd be a formidable offense. There is so much talent on that squad. I, I hate to imagine what would happen if they had a good QB behind center. Takeaway number two, Saquon is back. He looked like his pre-injury form. It's exciting. Get excited for Saquon. Takeaway number three, Kyle Phillips could legitimately be the rookie sleeper of the year. We heard all this stuff coming out about camp. He was the best Titans player on offense. He All these exciting, exciting moments, and he showed out. He showed out. He looked like the preferred target of Ryan Tannehill. And because of that, if you got him this year in rookie drafts, you you should be excited. Sorry, I, I just watched it out of the corner of my eye as Noah Beck is demolishing the Seahawks right now. Player of this game, I'm going to give it to Kadarius Toney for looking like himself on the two times he touched the ball. I don't know what's happening there. I don't know why they aren't giving him the ball more often. Next up, number 11, unfortunately, the Vikings stick it to the Packers, 23-7. to Takeaway number one, the Packers wide receiver core looks weak, but they showed some promise. Romeo Dobbs came out. He didn't look like this world beater that he seemed to be, but Christian Watson had an amazing game if he would have caught that one ball. Like there, there's going to be a lot of good opportunities here for Christian Watson and these rookies to develop themselves into extremely talented players. Takeaway number two, Justin Jefferson is just on a different tier in the NFL. The, the combination of Jamar Chase, Jefferson, AJ Brown, it feels like we're watching this new tier of wide receivers in the NFL that was only matched by Tyreek and Devontae in the past. It's exciting to watch. Takeaway number three, the Vikings are going to be contenders if this is a sign of what's to come for their defense. If the Packers offense is actually formidable, like people seem to think they are, I think there's a really good chance that we're going to see the the Vikings make a serious playoff push this year. Next up, the Chiefs absolutely hand it to the Cardinals, 44 to 21. Oof. Takeaway number one, 
Tyreek or Mahomes is going to make it work with no Tyreek, but also the Cardinals defense looks awful. They they might be the team to target in terms of offensive playing this year. Takeaway number two, Marquise Brown is a buy. I think there's every situation where Marquise Brown is going to be a fantasy stud this year. And just because he had a week, week one, I think you're going to be looking at a great buy window for Marquise Brown. Takeaway number three, all of the chief players have real potential week winning upside. Doesn't mean they're going to hit it every week, but if you need a sleeper, throw a chief in your offense because any one of them I can see having two touchdowns on four receptions any given week this year. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Isaiah Pacheco for dominating garbage time. Ooh. Next up, the Raiders versus the Chargers. Number one, Justin Herbert is going to make an MVP push this year. It's going to be hard with a lot of the teams in the NFL being established by these like top-tier quarterbacks. But Justin Herbert really looks like he's going to be one of the players that could push to be an MVP this year. Takeaway number two, Derek Carr is going to force feed Devontae Adams. Their chemistry looked like it didn't, it hasn't been separated by the last eight years. Derek Carr is going to feed Devontae Adams. Finally, number three, number three, takeaway number three, is that three volume dependent players cannot exist on the same offense, i.e. Renfro, Waller, Adams. All three of them are very volume dependent, and that volume is going to go to the best two, two or three, the best two players. And we saw that today with Adams and Waller and Renfro barely really touching the ball. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to the Chargers defense, looking like world beaters. And a special shout out to Khalil Mack for truly making a, a resounding impression <laughs> against the Raiders this week. Finally, number 14, the the Sunday night football game. The Bucks make the Cowboys look foolish. 19 to 3. Takeaway number one, the Cowboys were in bad shape with Dak. Now they're in awful shape. If their defense can't get it together, I I don't see how they make the playoffs with Dak missing six to eight weeks. Like, this is a scary situation for the Cowboys if their offense can't score points. Takeaway number two, Julio Jones is going to be a stud moving forward, especially with Godwin missing extended time. Finally, the final talking point of week one of the Sunday slate, we need to stop doubting Leonard Fournette. We've been doing it too long. He's just good. He's just good. And we're going to keep watching him be good for the foreseeable future. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Mike Evans with a quintessential Mike Evans scoreline. And with that, we hit the 15-minute mark almost perfectly. I want to thank you all so much for listening to week one of the 2022 Week in Review. I'm very excited to be picking this up this year and to continue making jokes and laughing about talking points each week. And I want to thank you all for listening. And with that, I'm your host, Big Billy, signing off. I'll talk with you all later.